0: I sat with uh, someone today who brought in their family's living will, and in the living will it simply says to, just in the first little paragraph, that uh, I don't want to be resuscitated if I have to remain alive on a life support system. and. Um, It's always hard when there's uh, one individual designated in the family to make the decision to today is the day to pull the life support off. And so the individual called and uh, asked if he could come in. And I, of course, told Renee, send him right on in, get him down here. We'll be wide open for something like that. And so I uh, told the individual that you're not going to make the decision on whether or not uh, your family member lives or dies. There's nothing that you can do, whether you pull the life support or you leave it on, until God decides that it's the time for that family member to go. You can, in fact, pull all the life support system, and if God says death is not going to take place, he can resurrect that sickened body that was on life support and say, not today, you're not dying. I said, so by virtue of you taking off the, the technical medical uh, machinery that is there, you just leave it in the hands of the Lord. And I said, your family members live their entire life ready to go to heaven. Now, I'm a believer that as a pastor that when a person gets to that place to where they've been on life support for a long, long time and you've come with the decision to have to make that decision I've witnessed it over and over I don't, I don't know that death as it relates to an act some t- people make it an act that he's dead but death sometimes takes time to die have you noticed that? And I've seen individuals before, many, who were more in the presence of God than they were in the sickbed of affliction. And you could tell there's more of them and their spirit is ascending right now into the presence of God. So I want you to know as they sat there and tears of course and choking back, they're just crying was able to say to them, this is a difficult time. No time is a good time. It's a little more difficult in the holiday season. And then while dealing with, with that and talking and this Brim's family and the man died and uh, leaving a wife and the children behind and our staff uh, deal, dealing with that and dealing with Lou Hall to help in whatever the regard, I can't imagine... I cannot imagine in the mind of that wife who is in midlife with four children at home, you say, well, what's the challenge? Here it is. As long as he's alive, there is disability that comes in. But once he dies, there is no disability that comes in to him. And already a very tight, tight budget, working from morning until night just to make ends meet. God... What will we do? I can say that God will provide. Somebody say, Amen. God doesn't care how deep the situation is or how dismal it may be. Many of us in this room know what it is to face those dismal circumstances. In our text tonight, Acts 2, verse 22, we find in the book of Acts, the book of Acts brought new life. It brought Strength, it brought excitement, it brought great expectation to that early church that was born. The believers that were timid and and really fumbled with their words now are anointed with a fresh fire that comes from the Holy Spirit. The believers that were once afraid and filled with uncertainty and fear, Peter was one of them, now seem to be fired up about what's happening. And think, thank God, God, you showed up. I've used this illustration before. It's not new. It will refresh your memory. It is the story of Bill and Gloria Gaither. They've written many wonderful Christian songs, but early on in their writing career and presenting their music, they were accused from some of the Southern Gospel individuals who said, your Christian music is not messaged enough. It's not biblically based enough. And they received that torment. It was at a time that Bill was having some very serious medical problems and Gloria was pregnant with a child. And she said, as she wrote about this particular song, I sat in the fireplace and looking into the fireplace and I thought, God, how much worse can it get she said I felt helpless and hopeless. I thought why am I bringing a baby into a world that is so vicious? Why would I bring a baby into a world that is into a world that is so troubled and so wrecked with confusion and evil intent. And she said I was regretting having a child. And she said but I cannot explain it in a way that it really happened. But in the midst of that, in that moment of my lowest moment, I felt a release. I felt a holy presence that came into the room and in fact gave me peace. And I heard the voice say to me over and over and over again, Remember the empty tomb. Remember the empty tomb. Remember the empty tomb. And that voice seemingly got louder and louder and louder. And she said, I knew out of the confidence of that moment that I received a peace, that I could have that baby and have a future that would be optimistic because the reality of the matter, death held my Savior in the grave, but he could not hold him. That on the third day, he came out and addressed the human era, And she said, my heart Began to be flooded with the words that she wrote, How sweet to hold a newborn baby, you know the song, and feel the pride and joy he gives. But greater still the calm assurance this child can face in certain days because he lives. And then the chorus, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. If you rest on that and you marinate your spirit in that, it gives you courage. It gives you strength. It reminds you in the great difficulty of life, wow, well, God is true. No matter how bad it is, you have the ability to reach down. Peter is preaching before the same crowd that he once feared. Something happened in his life. He's preaching now with authority and boldness and a fresh anointing. And the listeners are being mesmerized by what they heard from this man, former fisherman, former failure, now preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Something revolutionary begins to take place. Their minds may not comprehend it totally. Fresh fire seems to have fallen, and the promise that they didn't understand came. The Bible says, and the fire rested over them, and they began to speak with cloven tongues of fire, and God did something fresh in Peter's message. He expresses the hope that is now available through the beginning of the church right there. Were you there? Yes, I'm a charter member in Acts 2. The church started. Oh, it wasn't going to be a perfect church. It was not going to be a church that just walked down into the community and they got victory after victory after victory. They faced trial after trial after trial. But they understood what it meant to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what it meant to wait, and what it meant to be overjoyed with the intervention of God Almighty death is that hard place i've been there and been with people many times and my own dad and other family members i preach most of my my uncles and aunts funerals and cousins etc i preached when i was about 21 my my granny's funeral the majority many of the family uh, were not saved were not christians Uh, everybody seems to be saved at the funeral I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So, brother, God bless you. And but when the dinner and the chicken dinner is over, often they go back to the same lifestyle. You talk about nervous, nervous and shaking in my boots. It was an unbelievable experience. Fear locked in. I said, God, if you've called me into ministry, now'd be a good time for you to show up. I need a whole lot of help here. To preach my granny's funeral well death is hard and we know that acts 2 verse 23 says this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose get that this man being Jesus handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge so you didn't rob him steal him take him trick him, blindfold him mesmerizing him. the only way you got your hand on Jesus is because it was God's plan, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. I'd say that's pretty bad. I'd say that would be difficult. You see, our text takes us to the threshold of a new beginning. God, do something new in my life. A council today in the last several days with an individual the marriage is falling apart and there are several and don't know what to do i want i want one lady i want my husband back of which i said you don't want the husband you had back like he was what you want is a different individual you don't want the marriage that you had because the marriage that you had got you to where you're at now You want a different relationship, a different marriage. And God has to be the center of that relationship on a consistent basis for it to be different. Somebody say amen. But in this situation, for just 53 days before this time, the believers were facing the greatest test case known to man in that day. Peter's now preaching because when the announcement Jesus is dead, his limp body taken on the cross, taken into the tube, it was death in the heart of every person who gave their trust and faith to God. Do not forget that in that day, if you decided to follow Jesus, your family disowned you. You could not just say, I think I'm going to try out Christianity and then uh, be a be real with that. But if you did that, you were, if you were a woman, you were kicked out of your mom and dad's house. And then after making that decision, you find out that the man you placed your trust in is dead. And death is a pretty final sentence. But now, because of what happened in Acts 2, Peter is preaching with a new anointing. He's preaching without the guilt of his favor. The devil's attack was upon all the believers. They were seeing miracles, they had great faith, they had high hopes, and just a matter of hours their life went from daylight to dark. Their leader being crucified and they were filled with the fear. And it appeared that the three years of service and the three years of the security that Jesus brought to them was gone. It's not there anymore. Many a wife have looked into the eyes of their husband who once used to be a very strong individual, able to do anything that he possibly wanted to do because of disease or Alzheimer's or some other disease, Dementia they look at them today and there are many cases that i could name they look at them today in that state of sickness and remember boy i remember when he was strong as an ox i remember there was very little that he could not do i remember buddy i felt secure at night because i knew he was my man in our house and today they look and think wow how far in a matter of 18 months they have fallen. And that has got to be disturbing in the mind of a wife to look at a husband after years of being married to that strength and now to see that strength is ebbed away. If you could capture that imagination with me for a moment, you might be able to plug in to the same kind of disappointment that took place when they watched Jesus heard he's no longer on the cross he's in the tomb it seemed that that death was so final it was the death of every promise that they had the death of every promise that they had i dealt a number of months ago with a young lady whose husband after being married a year said i'll see you later i don't like married life i don't like being married to you I think I'm done I've got some party left in me and she's having a baby and he left and has no desire to come back had you been there to see the expression on her face and to see her hands shake and to see the tears and the mucus coming from her nose you would think well she must think her life is over But you see, I've been in ministry long enough, I've seen that many times. But I've also seen that same scene change as God brought favor into a lady's life with children and brought favor and brought a godly person there who understood the power of what marriage and Christian marriage is. But it doesn't remove the piercing effect of that kind of pain that those women experience. We sit here today, and I can tell you that the devil's desire is to cause us to live in that level of existence, in that level of culture, that we are the ones that are defeated, that our time is limited, that there is no hope, that the power of darkness is so great it overtakes all of the light, that in every situation, no matter how good it is, we're reminded of many individuals who gave it everything who today in some way, shape, or form found failure and disappointment. Well, death seems final, and the grave is deep. From death to the grave, in Acts 2.24, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of what? Of death, because it was impossible, say impossible, It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Friend, it is impossible for the devil to dictate the destiny of your future if you are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? It is impossible. I told someone today, oh, your kids were raised in church. You prayed over them. We dedicated them. They were involved in the programs here at the church. Don't give up the fact that they may be running and being a bit rebellious right now because I'm telling you, pardon my lawn lawn talk or yard talk, but the hound dog of heaven will not let up on them, amen? They might be going where they shouldn't go, but I promise you that my God has been in many a bar, amen? Because He will not let you get away with those kind of activities, and we keep that faith. God had a purpose even though death had come. He said, listen, you didn't take him by force. It was by the will of God. God had a purpose, and he allowed the devil to help him accomplish it. So God uses the influence of the enemy, and God had a purpose even though the unbeliever, Peter, the others did not understand, God still understood it. And that's where... We often need to remember when we don't understand, simply lean not to our understanding. Are you with me? But trust in Almighty God. Death would begin the process for a better plan. And we know that the grave was the place where God was doing what? Molding. Where God was healing, redirecting, refocusing, redeveloping, and nurturing. It is the story, of course, of God fashioning Moses in a way that brought him to become the kind of individual. It was the story between Peter's denial, and Peter preaches that God, in that moment, Peter felt worthless, unused, an absolute failure. It was that period of time he thought God had forsaken him and would not acknowledge him. It was in that moment that God was molding him, The apostle Paul, as Saul, when he fell off that animal and was stricken blind, he didn't jump right out and get him an evangelist card and say, I'm now Paul the evangelist. There is a period of time that it was silent that God was working that man over and preparing him for a beneficial ministry for the future. So I'm suggesting to you tonight, based on the Word of God, that when the disappointment comes and we understand that we feel like we are out of control, those are the moments in which God can be sweet to us. We remember that. God had that ultimate plan. And then finally, we know that the grave is that place where God has my attention the challenges that I have gone through with the eye. I mean, yesterday, one more challenge. I'm headed to Tarpon Springs for the appointment. We left. I was, God, I'm under pressure. I was here real early yesterday morning, get as much done as I could. Got in the car. Sharon said, Now don't exceed the speed limit. I said, I, I promise I won't go over 80. I promise. But occasionally I did. It's amazing. She looked over and said, you're going 83. I said, I know. I'm just trying to blow the carburation out. It's just. uh." (laughs) But after all that traffic, going through Tampa traffic, all that traffic, all that headache, after hearing more times than I care to tell you, you're going over 80. You're going over 80. About 15 minutes before we get to Tarpon, they call. I said, Hello. They said, Have you left yet, Reverend Blackburn? I see, I've been, I've, I've been left a long time. I'm about 15 minutes away. Well, the doctor's not in today. Well, what do you want me to do? You're going to have to turn around and go back. How many of you know that was a sanctifying molding moment for me? Amen? It was a sanctifying Molding, molding I said, you know, God, you're in control up there. You know, I asked them, I asked them, did you know this yesterday? No. I said, well, thank God. When did you find out? Just this morning. I said, it's like 1030 now. You know, just this morning, we like to reschedule you. Can you be here on such and such date? I said, no. I can't. I don't know what my schedule is. Administrative assistants, tell me what my schedule is, and we'll get it rescheduled. You sure you don't want to schedule now? now I'm, I'm, I'm already past patient time. It's time to hang up, you know. We hung up. It's it's those moments in those moments that that have you noticed that God takes an opportunity to, to mold you. Hello? Going home, 83, was slow. Just kidding. Sharon is talking to me. She doesn't understand, and I said to her, to my surprise, nothing happens by accident. I don't know why it happened but i know that god knows what he's doing let's just settle down and trust the lord together amen Amen. i mean thought that was good wisdom i won't tell you what she said but it was great (laughs) wisdom you see they had a promise but they didn't believe it they had instruction But sometimes they wouldn't follow it. They had opportunity to pray and seek God, and they didn't take advantage of it. They were told to wait. But waiting is hard. But it is that period when you're hit. Death, that initial impact. But the grave is the instrument that is the process that takes us through finally the resurrection comes just in time I told this individual today about the life support I said you can just release I've been in hotels a lot of time and you check in after three o'clock you get to the room and And maybe there's a bowl of fruit there and the air conditioning's on and the light's on in the bathroom. They're ready. I said, let me tell you something. The mansion that your family member, they've already got it ready. The door's open. And your mama's sitting at the supper table waiting for you to join her before she can eat. So let it happen. Amen? I'm here to tell you that sends chill bumps up and down my spine to know that that's the way that it is. Acts 2, 27, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. David made that amazing prophecy hundreds of years before this moment happened. Hundreds of years before. And we know now that it became the ultimate promise Of what took place. Jesus predicted his own resurrection and ascension well before it happened. And the world would say about the resurrection and the ascension, oh, that's a party time, a time of deliverance. But the day of Pentecost that was planned from the foundation of the earth had to have a mechanism, had to have a synergy that would cause that to happen. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he said, wait according to God's program and God's time. And the group gathered in that upper room. God said, now is the time. The church will be born. Some of you in this room, I have watched you, come from death to life. And I've watched you come from the death rattle to the experience of jubilation of what it means to have a brand new future. And the devil thought Jesus was dead. We know and thought he could keep him. And all that went on and he thought the followers were finished because he heard them between the time of Jesus' death on the cross to the time That he was resurrected from the grave. He thought they are done. But they didn't count on the resurrection. And then they did not count on the ascension. Oh yeah, he's risen from the dead, so what? But he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Where he can make intercession for you and me. So that when death grabs us in some circumstance... He can say, Father, release them, anoint them, heal them, build in them a faith that is supernatural. I have lived long enough now. Somebody said today, what do you think old men think? And I said to them, I don't have any idea. I don't, know wh- I don't know how an old man thinks. I may mean, can say amen. You know someone said the other day, well don't you think you're old? I said I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> amen? I rebuke you. Do you think? No sirree. Age on a calendar? I'm here to tell you the 65 today is the 45 of today's culture. Somebody say amen. Sure. Well, Why are you having that walking cane? Well, it's because it's styling and profiling that I have it. (laughs) Amen? He said, Could you not, could you not, Peter is saying, Could you not hang with me? Could you not anoint us and revive us? Gloria Gaither wrote, Because he lives. I can face tomorrow out of a death experience. But waiting, peering into the fire, the Holy Spirit breathed fresh anointing on her and released from her a song that has been sung hundreds of thousands of times. I can say to you, our God is not slack on his promise, and he is not slack in taking hold of our hand and walking us through challenging circumstances. You see, Peter understood what it meant. He was filled with boldness. His faith was alive. He had restored hope, and what did God do? God gave the church acts and signs of wonders as you notice i have trouble turning these pages how many want to know why i'll tell you why because i don't wear lotion on my hands so when it gets cold weather the hands get brittle how many understand that and they get slick and what i don't want to do is that (laughs) because that's not (laughs) koof amen So here we go. Finally, would you stand to your feet to be able to do that, Acts 2.43. That on that day, the celebration took place. We can celebrate now for everyone filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had everything in common. They had a direct line under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. May I tell you, according to this book, the church is not dead. May I tell you that the plan of action that God has for His church is not to die. It is to live, and not only to live, but to bring life to every person who needs to hear the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. And we look in today and we see every other couple seems to get a divorce. There's still life out there that God can bring revival to couples and can bring revival to families. Amen? We believe. You say, we used to believe. We used to believe years ago that God could do anything. Well, I'm here to tell you, we don't have to used to believe anymore. Amen? We can believe the power of God's Word for the here and now but it will take that effort in our hearts and our lives to say, God, I know that there is a situation there that that I hear the death rattle. And I hear it, I see that son that's the death rattle, and I know, I know that I know that they're not born again. God, I refuse to accept the fact that they're just a good person. I refuse to accept the fact that they curtsy to God sometimes. But God, what I'm looking for is a real old-fashioned, dynamic salvation experience to where, behold, the old is gone and the new has come in Jesus' name. Amen? I still believe that's a part of who we are. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father? I thank you for this moment. Thank you for every person in this room. I thank you because I know there are many, many, many listening. And they're going through tough times somewhere in the world god i know that you're able i know that sometimes we get the death notice or disappointing notice and i know that sometimes we're shifted into neutral and we feel like that we're in the grave but here's what i also know that there is a resurrection and there is an ascension that takes place to every believer who trusts you, God. Holy Spirit, fall like fire in our midst tonight. Bring a revival in our individual spirit. Save that son, that daughter, that husband. Give them, God, revelation power to cause them to realize that you've not stopped your convicting presence in their life. And then, Lord, for healing, I pray for those who need healing in their body, you are able to heal and bring to pass a miracle. And we claim it just in case some of you are listening out there. and Some of you that are in this room, that you have not reached that place. That you're totally 100% say, I'm sold out to God. I'm trusting Him. Well, tonight is a night to be able to seal the deal in your own heart and mind. So let's repeat this prayer after me. Would you do that? Heavenly Father, Heavenly
1: Father I thank you,
0: I thank you. Because, of Jesus because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Death on the cross. I, believe he died I believe he died to redeem me. To redeem me. I am sorry, I'm sorry for all the things I've done. I'm sorry for my foul language. I'm sorry
1: for the bad behavior.
0: I'm sorry for the, bad behavior. I'm sorry for the times that I have disappointed people disappointed and I have disappointed you. Disappointed but, you. Tonight, but tonight, with all, my heart, with all my heart, I am asking you, asking please, you. Forgive please forgive Bring me. Into Bring into my heart something that I need that, I that need will revolutionize, will revolutionize the, way that behave, the way that I behave and I believe it's you. Believe it's in, you. Jesus in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise amen. God. If you need prayer in some way, in some regard, this is a great night for God to come and to touch you. It is a great night for you to step out in faith and say, God, now, God, you brought something to my heart that in Jesus' name I had given up, that it is dead and probably will never happen, but I'm claiming your resurrection power and I'm trusting you for it. As we sing this song, you come and we'll wait a few minutes before the benediction. Would you come now? Here we go.
1: Because I can face tomorrow. Hallelujah. That's what worship. can
0: more time because I think there's a couple more of you that you need to be released from where you are and accept what God has for you God will not run over you he'll not drag you here to be obedient but if you're out in that audience you're listening on the line and viewing you're listening on viewing I'm praying and asking you to slip your hand out and if you're on Facebook I want you to post a note I believe God gave me a miracle tonight. Let that be posted on your Facebook. But for those of you that are here, if you haven't responded, we're going to sing it one more time to let you be obedient to God. You'll be glad you did. Here we go. Everybody sing it together. father i thank you tonight for your message was delivered to your people and god those that were listening online around the world we committed to you and ask you for a divine intervention and then lord we know that you know where we are at tonight we don't know what tomorrow holds but we sure know who holds tomorrow though we don't know we know that father god we have plans that are man-made It's a part of our agenda and a part of our life but god in jesus name we want to do what you want us to do guide us and lead us and minister and meet every need as we lift you up we bind every power of darkness and declare the truth that you live today in jesus name i pray and everybody said amen love you everybody god bless you
1: Oh, I can face tomorrow because of the end. All fear is gone. All fear is gone.